Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Gang, it's time for yet again another Thanksgiving. Time for all of that wonderful overflowing food. Time for football games you're barely going to pay attention to, but rooting vigorously against the Cowboys, even though it's Giants-Cowboys, which is always a conundrum, especially with the standings as tight as they are in the NFC East, but a reluctant go Giants, but eh, eh, you know, but go blue. I love to discuss Thanksgiving food every year. Every year I mention Thanksgiving food on here and Quiggs, we all know that the real powerhouse of Thanksgiving is the side dishes, right? We, you know, we all have differing opinions on turkey. Some people think it's a trash bird. Some people actually know how to cook a turkey like myself <laughs> and know how to make it good and gravy rocks. So, you know, but the, the thing is, regardless of what your main course is, the side dishes are where it's at. So Quiggs, I thought we'd do a little side dish power ranking top five coming into this year and uh, discuss accordingly. Real quick before we get into it, I do want to say that I'm very much a uh, defender of turkey. Yes, the Slack is very divided on that, and I hate discussing food in the Slack. The only thing I like discussing in the Slack is cheesesteaks with Jason. Everything else, these people have (laughs) insane takes, and I hate, hate discussing food in the Slack. Who is it that hates, isn't it Steph that like hates eggs? Oh, I don't know. Someone in the Slack chat hates eggs. If, like, if you got this wrong, Steph is going to be very upset, and she's coming hard for you in that Slack. I'm going to get like fired. Oh, well, I've been um, fired at least, you know, 45 <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get re- I'm going to get removed from the Slack chat. But like, yeah, that's for the no, best. like she <laughs> probably. <laughs> but like, I I don't know. I thought I remembered someone saying like I hate eggs in all forms, and that to me is wild because I love me some un unbirthed birds um <laughs> when you put it like that <laughs> i just love eating unborn animals steve eggs are a great source of protein and they yeah, kind of they make burgers better they make salads better they're just fantastic so okay if you're listening to this you're probably living in philadelphia or you you might be somewhere else listen we have listeners all over the world okay there's 10 we do we do <laughs> so like if if any of you are in Virginia, um, I highly or specifically if anyone's down in the Richmond area, I highly highly suggest going to a restaurant called Crafted in Richmond. I don't know if it's a chain. I don't think it is. I think it's just its own thing. Maybe I'm wrong. But they have this this like chicken sandwich there called the Ladybird, and you can get it done in like Tennessee style. And basically, it's like fried chicken breast with 
an egg on it. So like a sunny side up egg and then like avocado and like some sort of provolone cheese, I think. And it is like, I don't know what the fuck they do to that sandwich, but it is like, I saw God when I had it the first time a couple of weeks ago. I swear to God, it was so good. They're putting like methamphetamines and shit in that sandwich, and I'm just like gulping it down. My God, like it's, it's glorious! It's it's glorious, dude. But yeah, if you're ever in Richmond, check out Crafted. That place fucking rules. Nice. Uh, but yeah, Turkey Team Turkey Team Turkey. Yeah, team it, turkey. It's, you got to cook it right, guys. You know, anybody who's saying it's trash, you haven't had a good turkey, in my opinion. Okay, you just got to find people who can cook it better. And agreed, I could cook a hell of a bird. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm over on the western half of the state for Thanksgiving this year, so I, I am praying they know how to cook the turkey properly and do all the side dishes properly, because I will be very, very unhappy if I have a poor Thanksgiving dinner. But I'm hoping, and I, I you know, I think, I, I, I'm confident that it's going to be good, okay? But we'll yeah. see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so side dishes. Side dishes. So, so okay, yeah. I think we should do the reveals, you know. Okay, so what's your number what's your number 5 on your list here? Go your power rankings coming into this year. You're ready to get your mind blown? Oh, I'm so ready. Mashed potatoes is number 5. Oh boy, that's uh that is not number 5 for me, I will tell you that up front. I I you know what? Mashed potatoes is Fine. I'm just not, I'm not a crazy potato guy. Uh, I've never been huge on potatoes. Do you have Irish descent? I love them. Oh, I'm so, my last name is Quigley. I'm very, I'm so Irish. Well, then I'm I'm shocked because almost every other Irishman I've met has, is just fanatical about potatoes. I am fanatical about potatoes. I had just one of the worst hangovers I've had in years yesterday. And one of the things (laughs) that brought me back to life were tater tots. (laughs) I just imagine you being like the undertaker gif in like the coffin. And then someone hands you like a potato and you're just like, you get up and you do the the eye roll 1000% that is 100% (laughs) me that is me to a T right there no I am a potato fanatic and I actually really struggled at number five because I was trying to think of because one of my biggest problems is that I have some issues with some of the big standbys right like I, I like a lot of the top guys but there's a couple of the standbys that I don't really jive with and like one of them is like cranberry sauce is not going to be found in my top five I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy just truly am not so this year I went with like a, a Brussels sprouts okay it's not the most traditional there but I think if you cook up some Brussels sprouts with a little bit of bacon I think that's a killer side right there and I needed to have some sort of green something in the five here. So I went with right, uh, yeah. Brussels sprouts for my number five. That's good. Yeah, Brussels sprouts are good. That's one of those foods that, like, when you're younger, you're like, oh, fuck Brussels sprouts. It sucks. suck. And then, like, you get older and you have them that are, like, you have Brussels sprouts that are cooked the right way. And they're, like, seasoned and stuff. And you're like, damn, this fucking slaps. It slaps. It's really, when Brussels sprouts are cooked right, they are killer. Yeah, no, that's a, I, no I support that. Yeah. I definitely support that. All right, number four. What's your number four in your power rankings? All right, number four, I would say broccoli. Broccoli, okay. I, broccoli was like one of my ones with Brussels sprouts there, where, again, broccoli, just an awful food when you're a kid. Just one of the uh, most abysmal things you can think of. Yeah, but, I like it now. It's weird. You know how I cook broccoli usually around the house? Um, I char it in the air fryer. With a little bit yeah. of like olive oil and sea salt, and it is delicious. Th- that changes everything. Like that's the thing. When I make broccoli, I always roast it. I don't ever boil it. I know some people like to boil, and that it just doesn't do it for me. Um, but like, yeah, roasting or like charring it, like that's that's the way to go. I think. Yeah, I agree completely. 
Number four, I went with stuffing, but not the traditional stuffing, because I'm not actually the biggest traditional stuffing fan. But I do like like yeah. a sausage stuffing. Somebody mixes a little sausage in there, or like I've had cornbread stuffing the past couple of years because we've done. We've just gotten takeout Thanksgiving the last couple of years, and it's been tremendous from the place we've been ordering from. And they do this cornbread stuffing that is fan friggin' tastic. So if you don't like that, I'm in. But like the traditional like Stouffer's or something like that, that's just not. I'm not into that. Right. Have you speaking of um, takeout like Thanksgiving shit? Have you had the like Popeyes turkey? No, I've not had the Popeyes turkey, but I am a proud supporter of Popeyes whenever I can get it. I am too. It's terrific. I've heard nothing but great things about the Popeye's turkey. The problem is, though, if you go into Popeye's and you don't get a chicken sandwich, you're just a, a moron. You're a dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. And oh, <laughs> and the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the, you know, Popeye's rocks. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's top two food chain. Mm, elite. Elite S tier right there. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So the number four for you is stuffing. Yes. But only like number cornbread th- or something. Like a specialized stuffing here. Number three for me is biscuits. Mm, okay. Biscuits are within my top three. And uh, I love rolls. You know, I could talk this out right here. That's going to be my number two. And biscuits or dinner rolls. I prefer the biscuit of the two. But yeah. just, you know, some warm gooey, some warm bread with gooey butter. And just not, gooey butter, melted butter is what the word I'm looking for. Gooey sounds weird. But, you know, warm bread, melted butter, deliciousness in my belly. It's just, it's just wholesome. It feels great. And I love a good fluffy biscuit, man. Yeah, it's great. Does garlic bread count? I'm going to. For this category? Mm, I would consider it in this category. Whatever the bread dish that you have on the table is kind of what you know some sort of bread but biscuit is my preference here i don't even know if people consider garlic bread a thanksgiving thing not really but which is weird why not well why you know hey thanksgiving is whatever you really want it to be right yeah and my mom would always when i was growing up she'd always throw in this was always strange to me, but I never complained because it was delicious. She'd throw in a little tortellini and a red sauce or, you know, South Philly gravy, as we like to say down here. And <laughs> God, it was friggin' delicious every time. My mom made amazing, amazing sauce. So I never complained about that, but it didn't belong with anything else we were eating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you got to have like a little wild card thing yeah. in there for the Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. But like uh, a little garlic bread, a little uh, or a Texas toast, if you're feeling fancy there. Oh, Any I love that. Texas toast. Good shit right there. Okay, so for three, yeah, three for me was biscuit slash dinner. I just love having warm bread. You're right. Yeah, that that's my number two. And I went- What's your three? My three, I went mac and cheese. And not oh, every household Steve. does mac and cheese, but a lot of them do. And mac and cheese freaking rules. I love mac and cheese. I had mac and cheese tonight. I would eat mac and cheese every night of the week if it wouldn't kill my heart. But it's <laughs> especially like a good like baked mac and cheese on that day. Oh good shit i'll say this i feel like mac and cheese is much more of a southern thing than a northern thing like down here if you have thanksgiving like in virginia if you don't have mac and cheese at thanksgiving like you're just being exiled yeah no legit like people down here freak out if you don't have mac and cheese well i'm in that's one thing I, i love it i'm not the biggest like i'm not the biggest southern guy you may have picked up here but i love southern cooking i love southern food yeah, they got some good. They know how to cook down here, it's definitely. Absolutely. All right. I mean, look at Paula. Look at Paula Dean. Look at. 
Uh, you know, you can say a lot of things about Paula Deen, but <laughs> moving on. Yes. yes. All right. So my we've got my two and three covered already. So what's your two? So my two is. Are you ready? This is a bit of a wild card. Oh, I'm I'm pumped. I'm stoked. Asparagus. Asparagus made number two on the rankings. Wow. I, oh, wow. Asparagus. Wow. Asparagus is like my favorite vegetable by far. Asparagus is a, a great vegetable, even if it does make your pee smell really funny for a day. And it does. But if it's done right, it's delicious. And boy, do I make my asparagus right, Steve. And I'll tell you what, I make my asparagus so good. They taste like my little asparagus spears taste like Cajun fries. Cajun fries. Don't ask me how I figured it out, but I did. You're blowing my I mind. I did by right accident. Here. What was that? You're blowing my mind. Dude, it's like, you want to know the secret ingredient? Love. All right. So you put it on a baking sheet and you drizzle. You got you to gotta drizzle some uh, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. And then you do, you got to get out some Mediterranean sea salt and some black pepper. Drizzle that on there. And then the secret ingredient is you add mesquite seasoning. Oh. And then that just gives it a little kick. And it just, it's so good. And it's healthy, but it tastes amazing. And it's like you're having healthy, um, healthy Cajun fries is what it honestly tastes like. Wow. So how about that? Yeah. I love asparagus so much. Hell yeah. All right. I mean, I, I, I enjoy a good asparagus spear. So, all right. That's, I did not expect that, but rock on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about your number one then? Mac and cheese, baby. Mac and cheese. I love it. Mac and cheese. Love it. Always. Yes. One of the best. I mean, just one of the, the greatest right there. My number one is the aforementioned mashed potatoes. I am just a mashed potato oh. fanatic. I love mashed potatoes, especially when they're done <laughs> right. And you get the butter and you get the pepper quotient right. And a little bit of saltiness. Oh, so good. I could eat a metric ton of mashed potatoes. I really could. Me and my, my youngest sister, Courtney, we used to fight over just the bowl of mashed potatoes when we were growing up and getting Thanksgiving together. It just like, we just be slopping it onto our plates. Okay. Just giant mounds of mashed potatoes. And I make a little middle divot in the middle for the gravy. And then that comes like my dipping area. And it's just majestic. I love that is, mashed potatoes. Yeah. That's pretty majestic. Yeah. I wish I could be more into potatoes, but I'm just, I just, I'm not crazy about them. The only potato thing that I'm, like, of all the forms of potatoes, French fries, of course, is number one by far. They're great. But then behind that, it's mashed potatoes, which I'm, like, very meh on. And everything wow. else, I'm just like, yeah, I don't really need it. Well, Quiggs, I got bad news for you. You're fired. What's all right? <laughs> potatoes! Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew! You don't fire me. I quit, Steve. Okay, good. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> Fuck you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you on, yeah, I'll see you on Monday. That's right. <laughs> So th this, of course, brings us to the question and something we always have to ask at Thanksgiving time. What are we thankful for? And, you know, things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the birds, the eagles. They're they're the now birds, what are they? Yeah. Eight and one now. And it's nine and nine, and nine one. and one. That's right. Nine and yeah, one. Yeah. They narrowly beat the Colts. But guess what? A win is a win. So suck it. And the birds are nine and one. They're looking good. God of War five has been fantastic. God of War Ragnarok. Loving that game. Dr. Oz is back in New Jersey. Doug Mastriano's... I don't know where he's at, but I don't give a shit where he's at. Fuck you, Dr. Oz. 
Fuck you, Dr. Oz. And your crudite at Wegner's. Ugh. Johnny Gaudreau doesn't have to endure the Philly media. That's something to be thankful for. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> he made the right especially decision. The, especially that Charlie O'Connor guy. God. Ugh. Well, Horrible. Insufferable, let me tell you now. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, well, I'm, Torts is already sick of slamming Sammy, and I just can't imagine <laughs> He's had it with slamming Johnny Sammy. G had to put up with that every day. And that's Torts is one of the guys I'm thankful for, because this Flyers team, we're going to get to this in a minute, like, they're just abysmal right now, but... Torts is at least, you know, as funny as he's ever been. Uh, that we suck quote from the other week was amazing. <laughs> we suck. Forecheck. Fantastic. The man got kicked in the face by a horse and lived. <laughs> the amount of funny things that have happened, like in the early going of the season, he got kicked in the face by a horse, like the, the we suck thing. Like he's just, he yelled at Slam and Sammy. It's it's already hilarious. It's already hilarious. So I'm thankful for Tor- the only Flyers thing I am thankful for right now. How about you, Quicks? What are you thankful for right now? Uh, number one, I would say stool softener. I think that's a really good thing to be thankful for. Um, I just started sipping so. my tea and I almost <laughs> spit it out all over my mic and computer. I came very close to doing a spit take because I was not expecting you to say stool softener. You know what, Steve? Sometimes you just got to unleash a beast and... Um, you need a little assistance to uh, to get that done. So stool softener, you got to love it, especially this time of year when you're having a lot of food. But you know what, dude? No, you're right. Like, I'm really thankful for the, the birds right now. Like, I'm particularly Jalen Hurts because, dude, I know he didn't play exactly incredibly well against Indy yesterday. But, like, he he is such a f- – he's got that dog in him, Steve. He's got that dog in him. He's, and he stepped it up when you needed him to, okay? He, he got did. that clutch – winning score and i don't know some people were giving him shit for i don't know whatever looks he was giving on the sideline but the man is just staying calm and yeah he's just you know i think jalen hurts is awesome and i think he's the one guy who i don't really blame for the struggles the last two weeks because i think he stayed calm and i think he's played well i mean his balls are accurate it's just he's not the one fumbling really out there he had one fumble but that was because the offensive line broke down and you know Guy snuck up on him. It happens. Yeah. The and besides last week, the issue was the defense. Like they were just getting run all over the place. And um, yeah, no, I don't have a problem with Jalen Hurts' play at all. Like he, it's not like he's not going to throw interceptions every once in a while. And he, I, he didn't even throw any interceptions yesterday against. Indy. No, he had the so, fumble, and that was pretty much it. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for. I think he, yeah, in to not have Carson Wentz on this team anymore. Yeah. God. Yeah. For real. But yeah, so, and I guess the other thing I'm thankful for, or the other couple things I'm thankful for, definitely the PS5. It's coming in the mail. I finally fucking got one. It's going to be coming in the mail soon. Very excited. And then, honestly, dude, yeah, I got to say I'm excited, or I'm thankful for John Tortorella. I think he's a great coach. Um, Things aren't going well, but I'm excited that he's kind of whipping the team into shape. And I'm thankful that hopefully Chuck Fletcher, uh, you know what? Here's what I'll say. I'm thankful for the seven-game losing streak the Flyers are on. (laughs) Very thankful. It sounds like an odd thing to say, but I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. Because if this continues, Steve, someone's got to get fired. And it's not going to be John Tortorella. You would think, in theory, somebody would get fired by the— And and Charlie came in and uh, did, you know— rain a little bit on the uh the hit parade on chuck fletcher tonight saying he's not going to get fired mid-season unless something catastrophic happens which is likely true but i was you know 
It would have been nice to think about. I'd rather have almost anybody with their hands at the wheel come the trade deadline because I don't really think Chuck's going to sell like he needs to. And no, yeah. no, I have no, I have no faith in Chuck Fletcher. It, it is all gone. I am decidedly not thankful for Chuck Fletcher and the way the Flyers organization is being run these days. Absolutely not thankful for that. But you know, the, the more, the worse the Flyers do, if they have a truly abysmal season, the less likely it is that we'll have another go around, right? Like it, it, right. that they make the change in the summer that they need to. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get my hopes up too high for this because the flyers love to crush my hopes when they get up too high. But you would think if they have another, just abysmal season, they'll look to make a change in the off season. And that would be great. And we want them to have a great draft pick in this draft, which is supposed to be a, a very good draft. Historic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we all want Connor Bedard, right? But if the Flyers have a top five pick, the odds that they come away with a great player are pretty high. So yeah. just just, just lose, baby. Just lose. Get into that top five, okay? The bottom five, whatever you call it. Whatever you consider it. And they're on their way. Seven-game losing streak is helping a ton. They lost tonight to the... Uh, to the Calgary Flames. I don't know why. I almost called them like Montreal, but they lost to Montreal recently. So that's probably what yeah, was did. on my mind. But they lost some the guy named Cole Caulfield just went crazy. I don't I wish I wish the Flyers had a chance to draft somebody. It's like too that. hard to get that's guys wild. like that. Too hard. No. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. They lost the Flames five to two. I mean, it was a three to two game with two empty netters. Right. But was three. Where was it? No, I think there's only one empty netter. Right. Uh, I think there was two. Okay, whatever. It was pretty close, but they Doesn't still really lost. Matter. They lost. They lost in regulation. Yeah. They didn't get a point. They got a, you know, they got a point against Montreal. It should have been two points. They blew it in the last second against the Canadiens, and then they lost it in the shootout. Stop me if you've heard that one before. That's a novel concept there, Steve. I can't imagine the Flyers doing that in the shootout. It's not like them at all. Historically, no. never, never have done that. And... Now they're just barely above Washington. They, at one point, uh, Washington had a couple games in hand. And guess who they play next? The Washington Capitals. And the thing with Washington is, like, they have an excuse to be doing poorly. Like, the whole team is dead. They've all died and passed away. I think and we so, have like, that. They just Technically, don't... the Flyers have that excuse, too. The, the team is dead. Like they, The injuries yeah, on this true. team are ridiculous. But the thing is, Washington has, I think better talent hurt overall than the Flyers unless you yes. unless you count Ryan Ellis as one of the injured Flyers and I certainly don't yeah no Ryan Ellis is at this point retired in my mind yeah yeah like Nick Backstrom is hurt TJ Oshie's hurt Tom Wilson I, Tom Wilson I think he's still hurt right and Tom Wilson despite your feelings on him and I, I assume every listener has the same feelings on him that I do uh, uh, he's still he's a, a good player. part of that team he puts up a lot yeah. of goals on that team yeah, he's a good player. He's a pain in the ass, and he's reckless. But he's like when he has his head on straight, he's like rather good at hockey. Right, but the Capitals are underperforming. You know, they're they're not a team that I expect to be at this point in the standings come the end of the season. And the Flyers, I fully expect to be a bottom two team in this division come the end of the season. I, I fully oh, yeah. expect that. Yeah, they're just not. They don't have it. Okay, even with the lineup a lot healthier than it is now. They just don't have it. The lines they rushed out there tonight were so bad. It was just a, a laughing stock on Twitter heading into the game. Like, if you, you know, Twitter's still standing somehow. But the thing is, like, you looked, I looked at the lineup. 
because I was putting together show notes before the game started, and I looked at the Flyers lineup and I went, that's not accurate. There's no way. That's not what the lineup is going to be heading into the game. And no, that that was accurate. And I'm going to look at the lines right now from earlier. So coming into this game, top line, Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost, and Owen Tippett on your top friggin' line. <laughs> Joel Farabee is the only top line player there. Although I, I do like what Owen Tippett's done this season so far. He's actually putting up goals. He's actually he's finishing. a legit top six player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top, Owen Tippett at least top six player. Morgan Frost. We got in a whole debate about him in the last episode, but like yes, Morgan Frost, <laughs> he ain't a first line center. It's that simple. And then yeah. the second line, Kevin Hayes at left wing, Noah Cates at center, and at right wing, Zach McEwen. That was weird. That was a weird. I mean, it worked. Well, with that goal, I, I'm misremembering. Was that goal, the Tanner Lazinski goal, was that a power play goal? I am looking it up right now. But yeah, Tanner Lazinski did score tonight, so that was nice. He did. I'd like yeah, to see that. Cool. But uh, I don't think so. But I'm not 100% sure. Because I know that Hayes is on the line with uh, McEwen. And um, uh, Cates, right? And, so and like, on the Lazinski goal, Hayes, Hayes, and Cates had the uh, the assists on that one, and that was uh, Tanner Lazinski's first NHL goal. So, congrats to Tanner Lazinski, a rare bright spot in this past week of Flyers hockey. It has not been a very bright week for the old orange and black, right there. But yeah, it's not been awesome. It's not. No, it hasn't been great. Not ideal right there. And I was trying to pull up the goal, but they decided to have a 20 second ad on the NHL app before I could even get to it. So great design there. NHL. Great design. But Zach McEwen is never, ever a second line player on any team. So it's shocking to see that tonight. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. 
I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. I will say, like, and we talked about this in the, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, previous episode? Like, over the, su- well, pre- numerous previous, previous episode. episodes. Yeah, many. Um, like the thing with Zach McEwen is like, he, like, I know he's not really good, but like he does have skill. Like he's, he's, he's a quick dude. He can move really, really well. He's potted a couple goals this year. Yeah. He's big. He's strong. Um, like I saw him make a couple rushes into the offensive zone, like going after a loose puck. And I was like, damn man, like there's just, there are just certain things that he's, that he's missing in his game, but like, he definitely has some some tools there that make him a useful player. And then you have Nick Delorier who just doesn't like everyone. They all talk about, Oh, he has game momentum shifting hits. I'm like, yeah, he sure does. As the flyers on a seven game fucking losing streak. So like, what good is he doing? Yeah. He's but the doing thing is, just as much good. The thing is Zach McEwen's not a player. Even if you think he's talented for his role, he's not a player you want on the second line. No, not absolutely not. But that like, shows something has gone least, very wrong. But like, I agree. But like tonight, at at least I was watching the second line with Zach McEwen and like every once in a while I'd see Zach McEwen like do something. And I was like, oh, there's Zach McEwen. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Deloria, you don't see him do anything exciting. Really, well, there, there's ever. a reason that even with all of these injuries, he's still a fourth line player. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's, that's where he belongs. And he's here he's for four trash. years. So, you know, it's it's just great. And he can't even go anywhere. We can't even trade the motherfucker. No, you can't trade. The only place he can go is the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Third line, Max Willman, Patrick Brown, and Tanner Lazinski. Yikes. If I never see that, if I never see Max Willman or Patrick Brown ever again for the rest of my life, Steve, I'll be so happy. Like, I I don't mean the the Flyers are back on track. I... (laughs) I hate them both, and I'm sure they're both great people. I think Patrick Brown's participated in, like, every Snyder hockey and, like, Flyers charity event possible. He He seems seems like a tremendous guy, but I I would, like, definitely hang out with him in real life. I don't like watching him play hockey. He's not good. He's flat out not a good NHL player. Like, he's on any – on an average NHL team, he is a healthy scratch most of the time. And he sure as shit ain't a third line center. No, he's not. No, he's bad. No, he just nothing happens when he's out there. And it, Max Willman does nothing. He, like both of them are just uh, I want to just gouge my eyes out with a spoon. Yeah. When I saw Max William, uh, William, Max Willman back, I was yeah. just why? Why more Max Willman? And then the fourth line was Nick Delorier, Lucas Sedlak and Kiefer Bello. And Keeper Bellows actually had some flashes tonight. Oh, he's the only guy I give a shit about in... There's two guys I give a shit about in that bottom six, and that's Keeper Bellows and Tanner Lisinski. Okay, the rest of it is just yikes. It's bad news bears right there. They're the only two guys I'd want on an NHL roster out of that bottom six. Yeah. No, like, I'm I'm happy to see them kind of taking a flyer on Kiefer Bellows and seeing what he's, what he can do. Like it seems tonight he played with a lot more confidence than he has in the past. And like I saw earlier on in the game, he like kind of drew a penalty. Excuse me. I just hiccuped. He um, kind of drew a penalty by like uh, 
kind of sashaying his his way around somebody and um yeah i don't know like it's just I, he definitely has skill i mean you have to if you're going to be drafted as early as he was but um i'm glad the flyers took a chance on him and i'm glad he's getting playing time like i sure. just want to see him continue to kind of build on it and then as far as the defense goes well there's really nothing to report i mean it's still pro v and tda on the top yeah. pairing sandheim and justin braun on the second pairing and nick sealer and rasmus Ristolainen on the third pairing. Oh boy. But you know, that, that's been intact. There is just no, you know, real changes to be found there. And just, just looking at this game tonight, the flyers in the first period, very quickly led up two different two on one goals, which is <laughs> just not what you want to see to start a game. Extremely flyers. It's very flyers. It's a peak yeah. flyers right there. And, I know they have a lot of injuries, and I know this lineup shit, but uh, actually, no, this is actually what they deserve. And like looking at the like injuries right now, so Scott Lawton, Cam Atkinson, Travis Konechny, and that's just like without the injured reserve guys right there: Wade Allison, JVR, Sean Couturier, Bobby Brink, Ryan Ellis. Like, there's so many guys hurt on this team, and even if those guys are in, this team is still probably struggling against the Calgary Flames and a lot of these teams, but they probably beat the Canadians if they have more of these guys in the lineup, and they, they might beat Calgary tonight. Calgary hasn't quite been the team they were last year, and they had a lot of changes, but they're still probably not winning a lot of these games. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just... They shouldn't. They shouldn't be winning any of these games right now. They're they're trash. They're trash poop, Steve. And <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just think right now that I mean, this is kind of what goes around comes around. Like when they were winning those games earlier on and getting outshot like crazy. Yeah, yeah, and they were still winning. And now it's just like okay, now they're like playing better. Well, now they're not. But like a few games ago, they were playing definitely better and still losing. And now it's just like yeah, so. Right. It, it, it's just, it's really reaching rock bottom. And how many times, I mean, in recent years, have we seen significant losing streaks from the Flyers like this? I, I mean, I can count at least three 10 game losing streaks and it looks like they're on the way to another right now. And just, man, what? A, every time you think it can't get a little bit more depressing for Flyers hockey, it does find a way. Yeah, I mean, again, I do we want were, them to we were lose, about right? This, like, I, yeah, we were I, I want about them to tank, before we went but... live. Yeah, before we went live, we were saying how, like, you know, we are happy that they are losing, but like, like we want the obviously we want the Flyers to win. We are we like the Flyers. This is our team that we watch. Like, we want them to do well, but like. It's in their best interest to do poorly. And so, like, when they're going on these losing streaks, like, yeah, it's hard to watch. It's it's like, a, it, you know, it's like when they, during the Salem Witch Trials, and they would take a witch and throw her in the lake. It's hard to watch, but it's for the better, it's for the greater good. For the greater good? <laughs> watching that, that poor woman sink with those stones down at the bottom of the lake is the same thing as watching the Flyers lose. But, yeah. You oh gotta make God. sure she's not a witch. It's for the it's for the rapport of the city. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> and I, I guess I you know I feel for these people that are still somehow showing up at these games. I mean, it wasn't a full house tonight. Uh, recorded attendance says seventeen thousand eight hundred ninety six uh, fans at the game. But 
I feel bad for however many of those actually did show up <laughs> for many of that. I, I was going to say, yeah, it, it doesn't look like attendance has taken a hit quite yet, but we'll see I mean, how that goes in the second half of the season. I, I feel like a lot of this really takes effect once they're like really, really out of it. And I, that's the, I don't want to go to games because I don't agree with a lot of the decisions this team has made. I'm kind of personally insulted by the way they've treated us as fans. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to tell people to go and protest. Right. But no, no. I, I just, I don't really understand why as many people are still paying to see this team play hockey as they are. Yeah, it's odd. And like um, both times I've been up in the press box this season, uh, well, for three games total, it's been like the first game, the season opener, it was, you know, there was home opener always gets a crowd. Sense. Yeah, that was good. And I home was opener always that. gets a crowd for anything. Like even the Phillies yeah. during their worst years would have sellout crowds on opening day. That's just there's always excitement. It's always nice to be at the first game. Right. The Giroux game had a good attendance because Giroux was back in town. Daddy's home. Also, and then, a Saturday game. I always find those weekend day games are are good for attendance because people can take their families, you know, and the kids don't have to be up until like 11 o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. And then the Stars game the next day that had like decent attendance because, again, it was like a matinee game on a Sunday. But like even still, there were a lot like plenty of empty seats. Um, not. It's not like. It's not like the Oakland A's amount of empty seats, but like there were, it was noticeable. I thought, yeah, so yeah. I just, I, I really hope going back to Chuck Fletcher, I, I'm hoping they at least take note of the fact that we are unhappy with this team that they have built, and Chuck Fletcher just continues to double down on. I, my breaking point, as I think a lot of us know at this point, was obviously I was very unhappy about TDA, but then to not even try for Gaudreau and to bring in Nick Delorier, I, I think you can see the exact moment my brain breaks, or you can hear the exact moment my brain breaks on that live podcast we did when you, I think you made the announcement that Nick Delorier had been signed by the Flyers and just, we are all dumbfounded. We are just... That was the funniest thing. I just, I, <laughs> I remember announcing the tweet from Elliot Friedman and you just started screaming. And Kelly just, it's like for like a minute straight, she just kept saying, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like over and over and over again. And yeah, that was uh, not a great, not a great day for the Flyers. I don't not think. a great day for the Flyers. No, but I would say maybe the worst off season this team has maybe ever had in my lifetime. I just... I can't fathom them. The only things I could, I could think about, like when they brought in some of the older guys, like that had lost it, that didn't have it anymore. Like Darian Hatcher and Mike Rathje, who I think Mike Rathje has played like a, a handful of games in a Flyers uniform, got paid for like five years or some shit. And th they've had bad off seasons, but I can't remember one as bad as this past off season. And this Nick Delorier signing is still just hilarious to me because I'm looking right now and I know his main thing isn't to bring in points, right? But he hasn't scored a point in the month of November. Yeah. His last point Not was great. October 29th. He had a, he actually had a two point night, a two goal or one goal, one assist against the Carolina Hurricanes of all teams. And he has not had a point since. And, you know, he's got some toughness, right? But it ain't, as you said, 
it ain't doing jack shit for this team. It's not helping this team. I don't know what he's doing. And we have to deal with this for a long time. Yeah. He... They think toughness is an important... Let me, there, it, let me it, it is important, but not it as is important, important as they like, make it. And it's not, it's not as important as they make it. And it's not as important... It's not important in the way that they think it's important. Like they want you – like when they think of toughness, they think of like someone who's going to go out there and beat the shit out of people and blah, blah, blah. Like no. I, like I want someone who's tough who like is good but he's tough and like he's he's tough as nails. He can take – you know what? I'll give an example of this on the flyers. Like people dunk on Ivan Provorov because he has some a galaxy brain moments every once in a while. But like he – He's tough as fuck. Like he does not get hurt ever, and he de- he takes some gnarly hits. He takes some gnarly shots off the everywhere on his body. I don't know how he hasn't had a major injury to like his bones, but like that's like that's the kind of toughness you should want. The kind of toughness the Flyers want is someone who's going to be out like you know protect the team, and it's like they're not even doing that. Like Ristolainen doesn't even fight. Oh, Ristolainen, who's now playing on the third pairing, which is so goddamn funny to me that he's on the third pairing now. He doesn't bring anything like that to the game. I mean, what's the ice time he had tonight? I need to look this up because that signing is he had 1534 tonight and he signed for a high amount for a few more years. He's already in towards his doghouse and that's just going to be a disaster for the rest of it. Really what you want like Nick Sealer, okay? Nick Sealer's not the best, right? He does what he does. But you know what? He's a pretty tough guy to play. Yes. He but he, yeah. he makes a minimum, plays on the third pairing, kind of just does what he does. All right. I'm fine with what Nick Sealer brings. Zach McEwen, we we're talking about. I don't yeah, think yeah, he yeah. belongs anywhere near a second line, third line but at McEwen very high. adds something though. It's like, kind of like Carcillo back in the day, right? Like Carcillo exactly. every now and then. Yeah. Carcillo would do some very dangerous, dumb things on the ice, right? But Carcillo would also occasionally pot a goal. He would pot, you know, get you an assist or something. He would do some positive stuff. And McEwen kind of has that energy to him, you know? And I I value that much more than what Delorier is bringing. And me and Charlie. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, absolutely. I didn't know where I was going with that. (laughs) No, no, you're good. I was just going to say, like, me and Charlie were, I think it was for the Stars game. We were in the press box and we were talking about Nick Sealer. And Nick Sealer is not – we can all agree he's not someone that moves the needle at all in any way. But, like, the thing with him, though, I'm not, like, horrified when I see Nick Sealer out on the ice. Because, like, at least I know he – like, he's – like you said, he's he's actually tough in a way that you would want him to be tough. Um, but, like – He's not, it's not like he's, he's not like a bad hockey player. It's just like, he, he's just not what they're using him as. He's, he's, he's supposed to be a seventh fine, defenseman. He's a perfectly fine seventh defenseman. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he, that's what he should be. And they're using him as something that he's not. And like, that's not his fault. I mean, the, at least like, when only... I see him out there, he's like, he, like he's, he's doing fine for the most part, but yeah. he just adds nothing at all. But I don't hate him. I was going to say, at least they're only using him like a little bit above his, you know, like as a, a sixth defenseman instead of a seventh. Let's 
Yeah. That's the least of my problems on this team. There's a lot of problems on this team, and that's that's the least of them. And I'd rather him than Risto. Absolutely. I really I, Risto, I mean, we we've said no to Risto from day one because yeah. it, it, all the advanced stats coming in on Risto were very apparent that he's not a very good hockey player. And people he gets a little overrated because of his size. And then to actually see him and the decisions he makes on the ice and the things he doesn't do that you wish he was doing is just such a jarring experience and such a frustrating experience. Yeah. It's startling, honestly. Like It is. I just the thing with Nick's like Ristolainen makes these glaring, horrible, egregious errors like quite often. And the thing with Sealer is like he he doesn't make a ton of like he makes mistakes, but it's not like his it's not like he gets caught up ice. Like he knows what he is. He knows like yeah, I'm a I'm a defensive defenseman. Like I'm supposed to stay back. I'm not supposed to be adding much offensively. Like and that I can at least respect. You know what I mean? At least he's self-aware. Ristolainen, I feel like he's just I don't know what he thinks he's doing sometimes. And Sealer doesn't have the tools that Ristolainen has. Like Ristolainen is one of those individuals that you can tell he has been gifted these things, right? Like he should yeah. have the size. He should have the skills. We know he can pass. We know he can shoot. We know he can do all these things, but he just can't put it together into a cohesive package. And we know he can't do the hitting consistently like we want him to. If he was just a goon out there, I'd be more satisfied than what we've gotten out of him. And there's just, and it's just the decisions like that, like Ristolainen, that his decision to value Tony D'Angelo and other guys over, over bringing in like a Johnny Gaudreau, an elite talent that makes me so mad at Chuck Fletcher. Uh, his evaluation of Cole Caulfield versus Cam York is something that for a long time, I really was not irritated about, but I'm very irritated. George is upset about Cole Caulfield now. And there are very <laughs> few things I feel like he's gotten right at this point. One of the few things I, I did want to give him some credit for, and I still won't give complete credit for that Claude trade, but Getting Owen Tippett back, at least early on, looks like a pretty decent get in that Claude Giroux trade. I'm enjoying what Owen Tippett's been bringing. Uh, he's, there's not many bright spots on this team, but I did want to talk about the fact that Owen Tippett has actually been... It feels like one of the few guys who's taken a step forward this season and is contributing stuff positively he's got i believe it's six goals in 14 games played right now did not score tonight but uh, had a couple in the montreal game and and one of them was like right off the face off it was cool as shit yeah and, and the story coming into the season on owen tippett and what we saw in his limited preview last year was that he's a guy who has the skill set but he's not really finishing he can't actually put the biscuit in the basket and he's actually finishing this year and that's cool to see it's cool to see somebody actually evolve and take that step forward and and do something good for this team and i i don't know maybe torts is breaking through to him maybe he's you know showing him what he was just lacking before or maybe he's just you know the game's making more sense for him but something's working for owen tippett and that's you really need any little bit of sunshine at this point, especially given these injuries. I mean, Travis Konecki was having a great season until he got hurt. And man, I'm just, I'm very upset about this Konecki injury because he was probably the biggest case of stepping it up this season. So yes, in every the next way. guy up for talking positively about anybody. Yeah. 
Konechny stepped up in every way, on the ice, off the ice, like he was doing everything right. And then, he, of course, he gets hurt. And, uh, yeah, Owen Tippett's been great. Like, I love seeing a young guy really step up and gain that confidence. And, like, a couple last time I was up in Philly, I basically asked Torres. I was like, do you think, like, that consistency and that confidence in Tippett is, like, starting to become a regular thing? And he's like, yeah, his confidence is growing. He's still got a lot to learn, but, like, it's definitely growing. And it definitely seems like Torts is kind of getting a little soft spot for uh, for um, Owen Tippett because he's just – he's playing really well right now. And he's, like, showing flashes and, like, he's getting more opportunities now. And you, that's what you want to see from someone who is in the situation that he's in. Um, because, like – and it's tough for him, too. Like, he knows that he was, like, the big return in the Giroud deal. Like, that's got to be tough for him to deal with mentally. But, like, to his credit, he's doing everything he can. And, like, he's – I like what I'm seeing from Owen Tippett a lot. Like, I'll say this. I like what I'm seeing from him enough to, like, want to give him, like, an extension. Not a long not a long contract extension, but, like, I definitely would like to see him in Philly for, like, a couple more years after this. Um, isn't he a free – I think he's a free agent after this season. I'll have to double-check on Cap Friendly, but I think it's it's coming up at I can some do that point. Now. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that, and I'll, I'll just briefly just say, like, uh, with Tippett – I am glad to see him taking that step forward, and I, I'm also glad to see, at least from what I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of fan opinion online unfairly comparing him to Claude Giroux, saying, you know, well, you yeah, know Claude yeah. Giroux. I think people have really moved past that in a positive way and aren't putting unfair expectations on him. Because one of the things I always felt bad about was with Samuel Moran. When uh, Samuel Moran was drafted by the oh, Flyers, God. Yeah. there were all these unfair comparisons to him he's to chris, chris pronger. pronger right because of his size he was called chris pronger and i always thought that was just the the just worst expectations to try and live up to because chris pronger is one of the greatest defensemen of all time easily right one of the greatest defensemen of all time and to give him that label immediately especially when you know i think a lot of us used it mockingly i certainly used it mockingly because a lot of the people in the know, you know, knew that Paul Holmgren overreached for that pick. That was kind of an insane pick at the time, and that would prove to be correct. But I always felt bad that he had to live up to that kind of expectation. That really sucked for him. And, you know, I'm glad we're not doing the same thing with Tippett, uh, because with those trades, you could say, well, this guy isn't this guy. And even look at, say, like the Wayne Simmons trade, right? When you lost Wayne Simmons you're pretty upset that you didn't get Wayne Simmons back in the deal. And, you know, we never quite replaced that. I mean, I liked... So who was the immediate get in that? I, I'm trying to remember. It was Ryan Hartman, right? Ryan Hartman, yeah. Who should have kept him. <laughs> I loved Ryan Hartman. I don't in, like the 10 games he played for I, the Flyers. I do not understand why they didn't keep Ryan Hartman. I will never understand that. Tyler Pitlick was fine, but that was definitely a downgrade. But, you know... They're at least with those first few Ryan Hartman games, we're like, well, are we getting Wayne Simmons back? And it's like, well, don't yeah. put that on him. I never went to the extreme with that, but that's the closest example I can think of. But I'm glad with Owen Tippett, people aren't going, he's not Claude Giroux. I can't believe he's not Claude Giroux. Yeah, we're saying yeah. if we could get a useful hockey player out of this deal, and maybe Chuck Fletcher's just lowered the expectations that far. <laughs> that's where we're at. Right. But uh, as long as he becomes a useful middle six, top six hockey player, I'm pretty happy. And he's very useful. 
I'm very, very happy with what he's been doing this year. And like, I know last year in the few games he played with the Flyers, like he, he showed some signs every once in a while, but like, like you were saying before, the puck just wasn't going in and now it's going in and he's just having, he's showing so much more confidence now. And like, that's like, if, if you're Owen Tippett, that's, you need to have confidence in your game because if you don't like that's when you start second guessing, taking shots and you try to do too much and you try to be a little too fancy with what you're doing in the offensive zone. And like, he's just one of those players that needs to grip it and rip it. And like, he's doing it and it's going in and that's great. That's what you want to see from someone who's 23 years old. Um, he will, by the way, he will be a restricted free agent arbitration eligible at the end of next season. Uh, right now he's got two more years on his contract at 1.5 million. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I do too. That's yeah, one of the few good contract things we have going on because the, the Flyers cap situation, as you may be aware, is a total, absolute disaster. It just Not great, sucks. Bob. Not great, Bob. It just sucks. And to have guys like that, and really that's where we're saying, like, that's what this season about is about developing these younger guys and making them into a useful core moving forward. So Owen Tippett, one of the key guys, Noah Cates, one of the, well, maybe one of those key guys. We got to find out. <laughs> Sadly, it's not, not Morgan names. Frost. I'm joking. I mean, I'm I would, about that. as I said, I, I would really <laughs> like to see what Morgan Frost has for the rest of the season. I would yes. think if he's part yeah, of that core, because there is not that many names that could be a part of that young core moving forward. And whatever you can get, whatever you can get to make Flyers ne- next generation you gotta do it. Who's Worf? I want to know who Worf is, but it's yeah. You know, oh, this team makes me so sad. Like to and, me, the yeah. the good young guys right now are Tippett and Cates. I agree. They're the only guys that move the needle for me right now. That make me excited to watch anything on this team. Right. Yeah. I mean, Joel Farabee too. Yeah, like, you forget how even, young Joel Farabee is. and he's, I, still, he's 22 years old. He's 22 years old. And Joel Farabee, we've been thinking of him as a total, complete hockey player for years now. And he's he's still figuring out his game. I mean, he was the guy that Claude Giroux gave the, like, watch out for this guy speech about when he left. You know, he said like, Farabee's the guy to really look out for moving forward with the Flyers. So I, I love Joel Farabee. Oh God, not the bees. And the bees. he's one of those guys I'm always excited about. We mentioned TK and Travis Sanheim's kind of like, he's like 26 at this point, right? Uh, Travis Sanheim is 26. Yeah. Yeah. So Travis Sanheim, 26 is more, this should be your prime. This is when you're really getting into it. And him and Provorov are those guys that are, in their prime, the expectations are there now, but those other guys are the guys that are, you know, all right, what, we can build something around this. Maybe not quite the core we need. We still need some more pieces. Hopefully, Cutter Gauthier is a big part of that. I saw some good reports about him last weekend, which makes me excited, but you still need a lot more. Yeah, you do. And that's why I am so steadfast in the Flyers tanking for my... Lord and Savior, Connor Bedard. Yeah. The tank, but also I want them to sell at the deadline. This is why it they have to. They about don't have a choice. Having Chuck, well, they, they might, because Chuck Fletcher is an idiot. 
<laughs> I've good, come good to this point. point. I used to be like, no, oh, Chuck Fletcher's a nice guy. You know, he's doing the best he can. And now I'm like, no, Chuck Fletcher's nah, an idiot. I don't want yeah. him controlling the decisions for midseason, you know, salary dumps and everything. Because I just don't have any faith in him trading the right guys and realizing who needs to be traded. Because this is a guy who thinks that Nick Delorier is a core part of your team. And he's just, it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. But they need draft picks. They need as many draft picks as they can. They need to just trade a lot of guys for scraps, okay, for spare parts. And if, with these injuries, who even knows who there will be to trade? Yeah, honestly. Really? Like, there was some people were saying, oh, maybe they could move uh, Cam Atkinson. Maybe they could move, uh, you know, like, there there were a bunch of players that they, that people were kind of throwing around as, like, potential trade pieces. And they're hurt. Like, you can't move James Van Riemsdyk right now. No. And, I mean, luckily, he only has, this is it. I have no idea. I think he should be back, I think. Ugh, I don't know. In a few weeks. I remember it was finger surgery, right? I Let me see. I you look up the timeline on We JVR. still don't know what's going on with Cam Atkinson. That's the weird thing for That's me. That's distressing that we don't know what's going on with Cam Atkinson. Because Cam Atkinson was supposed to be a big part of this team. When we talked about who's going to score the goals on this team, Cam Atkinson was one of those guys we talked about. Cam Atkinson, JVR, you two guys you expected to score goals aren't playing. I mean, thankfully, Kevin Hayes has been healthy so far, but nobody's trading for that contract. Yeah. And I will say Hayes has been good, too. Oh, Hayes has been really good. Hayes has definitely stepped it up. Yeah. Although I don't know why he's not playing first line center. That kind of blew my mind. I think, honestly, I think at this point, Torts is just trying to figure. I, I don't think he cares so much about the results. Well, I shouldn't say that. That would be insane. If he he, would, he actually, his tort sense is tingling and he is going to come kick your ass. <laughs> he's going to get his horse to kick you in the face. Yeah, he's <laughs> exactly. I think the number one thing for Torts right now, and he's kind of said this multiple times, is like he's trying to figure out the team and he's trying to figure out the players and what he same. has here. Same. And so like, yeah, I know, like very much same. And so like, I think that's why we're seeing him like mess with the lines a lot. He's just trying to figure out who's good and what situations and, just if something works, awesome. Let's roll with it. And he's just kind of experimenting, I think, which I respect. I think that's what needs to happen here. Sure. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Woof. Well, uh, you know, as I said before, it's been seven games since they've won. And I don't know when this skid is going to end because Washington, I will say the Flyers usually show up against the Washington Capitals. So, they do have a chance against Washington, and Washington is not impressed in the standings, so they could win that one. Pittsburgh hasn't been that impressive either, but they have a tougher time with the Pittsburgh Penguins over the past decade than the Washington Capitals. And, you know, Sidney Crosby is a notorious Flyers killer. I would maybe, I'm thinking about putting my entire, uh, my entire DraftKings balance on Sidney Crosby scoring a point in that game on Friday because he oh, just God. always does. And Absolutely, yeah. The Islanders, you know, they always struggle against the Islanders, just is what it is at this point. And then Tampa Bay, and then the Devils, who are red hot, and then Colorado. So Washington's really their best chance. They play Washington twice within the next uh, couple weeks. So (laughs) really, that's their best chance for a win. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still very much on Team Tank. Oh, I'm on Team Tank, for sure. But yeah, I just I'm just looking at it as they're on a losing streak. 
when are they going to win? Objectively yeah. speaking, when can they possibly win? And really, Washington, I, they can beat the Islanders and they can beat the Penguins. They can beat all those teams. But with the injuries they have, with the way this defense is playing, I mean, just letting up those two on ones. I know Carter Hart isn't as rock solid as he was for the first like couple weeks in the season, but you gotta you gotta help the guy out back there, okay? Yeah, yeah. Don't we're just I will tell you from having a Penguins fan as a friend of mine, Penguins fans want nothing more than to see Carter Hart broken, okay? They want his spirit completely broken. And as having a young, talented goaltender, we cannot allow that to happen. So please, for the love of God, at least get your shit together enough to not break Carter Hart. Carter Hart doesn't deserve this. He no. deserves better. He's never deserved he's this. The, he's been one of the bright spots of the team for the last several years. Like, one of the only bright spots. Yeah, what one year, that is an exception. And, of course, that was, like, the weirdest COVID season. You know, uh, we were playing the same teams over and over and COVID was just, you know, breaking down teams every week and it sucked. So, yeah, I think if you're going to give somebody a mulligan, it's that season. But, you know, besides that season, he's been pretty good and this team really has not helped him at all. No, it it makes you wonder what he would look like on a team with like competent defense and goal support. I mean, if somebody wants to give up a first round pick and a little bit more to find out, I'm all for it. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. This is where we're at, guys. We're talking about I trading. Know, we're thinking of everything. A young the goaltender, good... <laughs> and I'm not yeah. really opposed. Like this has always been the Flyers' problem: goaltending from pretty much since Bernie Perrant retired. That's been the Flyers' problem. And there's one like, problem. Yeah, you know what? I consider it over the right deal. For years, their only problem was goaltending. They finally have a goaltender, and now everything else is the problem. So we don't like have setters total... anymore. Our defense yeah, is no super centers. unreliable. Can't score in the power play. Still haven't been able to score in the power play since Joe Mullen left the team. And yeah, whew, it sucks, man. It really PK's, sucks. Yeah, but, it, it, you know, great. let's tank. Let's get a good pick and let's get all the picks we can get. But we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But I don't anticipate a lot of wins coming up for your old Philadelphia Flyers before the old Disney on Ice trip at the end of the year. So... You know, looking forward to it. Buckle up, bud. Buckle up. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed your Thanksgiving. One thing I wanted to discuss before we went, the Winnipeg Jets had their 90s night tonight and they projected NHL 94 onto the ice for 90s night. I thought that was one of the coolest things I've seen an NHL team do in a hot minute. That was awesome. I was, I saw it on TV and I was just like, hell yes, this needs to be done at every NHL game from now on. I agree completely. Quicks, have you ever actually played NHL 94? No. That's the year of your birth, right? I was actually a 93 baby. You're 93 Late baby. 93. Okay. Yeah. But you're, you're too young. You've never actually. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the entire evolution of hockey video games, basically. I remember Blades of Steel and then <laughs> NHL 93, 94, the old, uh, what is that movie? Uh, what's the one with Vince Vaughn where he's where he makes uh, Gretzky's head bleed on the ice? Oh, I'm trying. To uh, I can't remember, but God I damn know it. what you're talking about. God damn it. With John Favreau. Uh, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now because it's going to drive me nuts if I don't remember. But Vince Vaughn, John Favreau. Uh, I've the, seen that scene so many times. That swingers. I never know. That's right. Yeah. Swingers. I never about, know where I saw the scene, but like I see it all the time. They're talking about making Gretzky's head bleed on the, like, it's great. Uh, but yeah. I've seen the entire evolution 
of hockey video games. I mean, the first time you had like 3D graphics and pixels and shit, you know, well, they always had pixels, but you know, you had 3D, 3D graphics and when you could actually pull back and do like a wrist shot and a, you know, a hard slap shot and NHL hits, as we all know, my favorite for the Robert Hag cover I made, but you know, NHL 94 always holds that, that sweet spot in my heart because it's just like a cool, cool, like, was that 8-bit game, 16-bit game? And Something like that. Th- there's just such a charm to those old sports games and anything really on the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis that is, uh, it, you know, it still just brings warmth to my heart, warmth and joy. What's your most fondly remembered NHL video game experience? What I want to know as somebody uh, about a decade younger than me. Um, God, I remember having the one with Mario Lemieux on the cover. I think that was 2003 or 2001 or something. Okay. I think I know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they had, um, the song makes no difference by some 41 in the (laughs) makes no difference to me. That was like in the game and it was, that was like my first NHL game. And I was at the time I was living in Syracuse and I loved the Sabres. Wow. I, okay. I never knew that. I, I was like a Sabres fan when I was like seven years old, but like I, we're talking I say like fan, Miroslav Satan, like Dominic oh, Kosciuk yeah. days. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. when you see, when you see those red and black Buffalo head jerseys that the goat head jerseys that they call it, which I don't know why that actually holds a special place in your heart. It does. Yeah. When I was a kid, like my, I think my first, my two first, uh, like hockey apparel things were a Joe Sackick jersey and a Dominic Hoshik jersey. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good. Fun facts right there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But like when I say I was a Sabres fan, like I didn't watch a single fucking game. I was hey, no like, judgment. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool Once I, when I started watching. Yeah. When I started actually watching hockey, that's when I was like, I'm going to like the Flyers regrettably. Yeah. You made, you fucked up. <laughs> I did fuck up. <laughs> God, I'm such a dumb shit. You idiot. You moron. I gotta say, though. (laughs) Idiot. I just, I miss having that competition because, as we all know, the EA games have gotten so stale in the past few years. They're awful. And EA is horrible. We need 2K back. We need 2K back bad. I mean, 2K's been making killer NBA games for years, and we need that 2K hockey game back. Gary Bettman, I know you're listening. Make it happen. End the exclusive deal. Bring 2K back. Friend of the show, Gary Bettman. A beautiful man who is definitely not going to... Tall man, great hair, who knows that the Flyers need Connor Bedard. Just our best friend who we're taking out to the good cheesesteak spots, okay? We're not taking you to Pats and Geno's. We're taking you to the good spots. So, Gary, my guy, on top of getting us Connor Bedard, which you know you want to do to make the Flyers... uh, you know, a good hockey team relevant. again, relevant again. On top of that, 2K, make it happen, bud. If if the Flyers get Bedard, this is all us. We manifested this. <laughs> By sucking we up manifested the Gary it if they get Bedard. Yeah, because, yeah. again, he listens to the show. He listens. So. He, it's just like all these famous people listen to the show. All these Bob McKenzie people. Bob McKenzie. Bob McKenzie said the show's name. Said the word fly purpley. It's it's an honor, you know, to just just to be considered. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. 
What a crowning moment right there. Well, yeah. folks, we're going to call it a night on that high note right there. But thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. We thought the show was going to go 45 minutes, and it did not, unless my editing takes it down to that. So, you know, maybe I'm uh, talking a big game. Who knows? But yeah, thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a great thanksgiving no matter what you decide to do for now the best place to reach us is on twitter.com.org.edu.ea.musk.ca i said ea in there ea sports to the game to the game twitter is still somehow up and running and you can still reach us there quigs where can people find you on the twitters you can find me on twitter at ryan quigs with a z fuck potatoes Oh, potatoes rule. I, you're the worst Irishman I've ever met. You can find me <laughs> at SDBomb or Fly Purbly. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Fly Purbly. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and we're on a variety of other things. I think I just joined Hive today with the account. I haven't posted anything there yet. I don't post plan on doing anything unless Twitter actually becomes a true hellhole or shuts down. But I've signed up for that stuff. Hooray! Instagram, always post the new episodes on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram regardless. Follow us on TikTok, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll do something disrespecting the Penguins in Pittsburgh when I'm there on Thursday and I'll post it to TikTok. I'm not making any promises. I don't know. But there's an account. Hooray. Big whoop. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get going. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all. We cherish you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. 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 Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. What once seemed improbable is happening now. Insurance is front and center for tech companies who are finally commanding the space they occupy in every other industry. Behind the disruption is CoverGenius, the insure tech for embedded insurance that protects customers of the world's largest digital companies. Available at Amazon, Intuit, Flipkart, eBay, Booking.com, Skyscanner, Ryanair, and Southeast Asia's largest company, Shopee. CoverGenius's platform makes it easy for their global partners to embed insurance and warranty bundles, and especially rundles within their booking path or signup, connecting customers with the protection they need. And with global licensing and end-to-end capabilities across all industries, from property to travel, fintech, logistics, the gig economy and retail, CoverGenius can build and distribute any kind of insurance and process claims in all 50 states and in more than 60 countries, all through a single integration. Because your customers are at the center of everything, CoverGenius pays claims instantly and maintains an NPS of 65 plus, the highest in an industry where traditional insurers rely on paper forms, missed calls, and mailed checks to deliver NPS below zero. Give your customers the peace of mind they deserve. Visit CoverGenius.com slash Vox today to learn more. CoverGenius, the insure tech for embedded insurance.
It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stro showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.